Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Last podcast. This is Rick Roberts. I'm the old guy, 23 years of doing stand-up comedy professionally. And with me is our producer, Gavin, who's a little bit newer at it, Hello. aren't you, sir? Yeah, new guy. <laughs> yeah, Gavin's just been at it here for the past few months and still trying to put things together. Yeah. But he's podcasted before, and he's a killer producer, and I'm happy to have him along with yes. us. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't get this podcast going at all. And we've been out for 10 weeks now, yeah. and we're starting to get some iTunes reviews, and I really encourage you guys to do that. It helps other people find us. But I'd like to read a couple here. Yeah. Um, this is from my PC is the uh, the tag here, so I don't know exactly the person's name. But yeah. if you want to skip a year of hard knocks in comedy, I would highly recommend Rick Roberts' class and podcast, Timely Helpful Hints You Can Use Today to Move Forward. I like how he talks to the dabbler, all the way to the professional, and everybody in between. Easy to implement ideas. Great job. Thank yeah. you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for going on there and doing that. That's great. That's cool. And then one more here from Scott Comedy. Rick Roberts School of Last is the most informative podcast I've heard about being a stand-up. I've been touring the country as a comedian for two decades, and Jeez. I thought I knew pretty much everything about stand-up, but this podcast even has tips for someone like my with my experience. A must listen if you want to be a comic or if you just want to learn about stand-up. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going for here. Absolutely. I thought I knew everything about everything, but... <laughs> when you were 18, <laughs> Yeah, right? yeah, not so much. <laughs> the older you get, the less you know. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Thank you guys for yeah. those. And remember, if you take a screenshot of your iTunes review and shoot it to me so I know who you are, I'll send you something in the, in the email, like a, a free template for your contract or yeah. something like that to help you out as you move forward down the line. Cool. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things here in a minute. Our topic today is going to be called Ask This, Not This. And we're going to talk about questions that comics say to themselves to drive themselves crazy and the question they should be asking instead to help them move forward. Right. And we'll get to that here in a minute, but I just want to catch up with you, Gavin, because it's been a little while. <laughs> you were ill between um, <laughs> our last uh, podcast and this yeah, one. Yeah, I finally got better only to be, I think it would be affected by domestic terrorism. Um my wife i don't how long does it take to train a wife do I, you know is it possible <laughs> gavin i hope she doesn't listen to this podcast because you just used this wife, is my outlet this and is train this is my outlet i uh <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah absolutely first the first thing i found in this, it was an attack basically was i opened up the trash can to find a full-on milk jug pushed in the trash can sideways without being crushed I feel like that is something that everybody should know. You don't put the thing in their hole. It's it's insane. So <laughs> this was worse. I took the thing out, uh -huh. frustrated, crushed it, went to throw it back in the trash can, and realized there was an entire shoebox uh, sideways in the trash can. Oh, so more wasted she's, space. She's wasting. She's wasting our lives away. She just but, can't crush it. I don't know. I'm I, a crusher I'm at my house. I'm afraid to ask. I'm afraid to ask. I will occasionally pull stuff back out, but, crush it. I'm also the stuffer. But do you say anything? No, Gavin, what? you don't say stuff. <laughs> you just do it. They see you do it. They I look the other way. Yeah. And then you just keep doing your thing. Eventually, you either give up. They'll never change. 
But you have, to, I, you have to make peace with you're the crusher now. I did the wrong thing then because I waited till she was in the room. To show her how wrong And she then was. I took it out and I huffed and puffed and I was like, you know, you got to do. And then I realized with the look from the eyes, Kevin. I was like, the you only made a mistake. The only space you're creating is the space you'll be sleeping in outside on the back porch next to that garbage yeah. can. You're not creating any more <laughs> intimacy. It, she wants to crowd everything else out to push you together. It's She has so much. What does she start hoarding? <laughs> That's the oh, next level, Gavin. I can't, I'm, that's why houses got to get, keep getting bigger and bigger because of this this junk. You're going to be headed to Home house. Depot and picking up that storage barn before you know it. <sighs> hey, listen, you don't tell them that they did it wrong. You just do it differently. Right. When, when I first got married, within the first month, we were doing things like we had we had a nice little starter house, and I would just like put my keys and wallet on the counter. Right. I would come back and they were in a drawer somewhere. And yes. I was like, honey, what do you do? She goes, I want to keep this place nice. It's, but to me, she was bothering my stuff. Yeah. Until she told me she wanted this to stay like picture perfect. Like we yeah. barely, we didn't even have enough furniture to put in I place. know. Everything so everything was like. There's nothing where you put it. It's all gone. I mean, good Lord. I don't know how to keep stuff in reach. You like, keep it in your car. That's, yeah. And you don't bring it in the house. Yeah. All right. It's just, you don't bring it in her house. Yeah, that's the key. That I'm also key. 13 years into being married and Gavin in one year. So uh, I've got the comedy experience um, and the marriage experience. And I am it, figuring out which battles to fight. You know what? In our next podcast, too, next week, we're going to be talking exactly about uh, oh. making things work for the whole family and stuff while you oh, try cool. to pursue this. So this, that's great. And Yes. it's. Uh, I do look at some of those things. I'm like, there's got to be a way to talk talk about this in comedy. But I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out because I'm still angry. Yeah. So I would, I'm working. I'll throw out a couple it. of writing suggestions for you, and then we'll yeah. kick in today. Uh, you need to relate that to something else. Okay. You need to make the, the squashing of things relate to something in your life that's not the garbage. Gotcha. So the more you squash, the more your dreams and hopes of being the leader of the that's house what are being I squashed. I was feeling like something I was going like to say, that. like, my soul right. is being crushed. It's. Uh, I was trying. That's why I was thinking the you know domestic terrorism or like that's you know, a little it heavy. Like it, that's a little heavy <laughs> for a milk is. jug. It's uh, Al Qaeda's in my house with me. I Go. would work up to that. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't start off with that. Maybe have to be a punch or so, a tag on <laughs> a tag on the thing. There. Yeah, <laughs> you so, got nowhere to go. Anyway, that's where that's where <laughs> my week has been. Well, that's so. cool. I, I I'll just tell you real quickly. Last weekend, I got to go up to Louisville, which is very close to where I grew up. Yeah. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky area, Versailles, which I didn't know was pronounced Versailles until I went to oh, college. No. Uh, but I got to go up there, hang out with a couple buddies of mine. We did a fundraiser for a buddy of mine's friend's sister who's fighting cancer, been in the oh, hospital wow. for 100 days. Yeah. And we did our fundraiser last uh, Sunday. And the next day was her first day. She actually got out of her hospital room. Right. And it was really great. We raised about 5000 bucks oh to gosh, help her that's out. That's great. Yeah. So one thing I, I just want to throw out here, we talk about what comedy can do for you. Yeah. I and mean, when you first start, it's all about, I want to make some extra money. I want to be famous, whatever. Uh, bringing laughter is great, but having an impact with it mm -hmm. goes way beyond. Yeah. I mean, could I go anywhere and raise, you know, 5,000 bucks just at the drop of a hat? No, but with a few friends of mine, we, we got together and helped this lady out. And it was really sweet to see that wow. happen. And always be looking at ways to use your skills to help the lives of other people. Yes. I guarantee you it'll come back tenfold if you just get out of your brain and the selfishness of, yeah. of doing comedy and and spread it around buddy there's yeah. a lot of stuff out there yeah otherwise you'll have somebody like gavin squashing <laughs> your dreams and yeah. throwing you in the garbage so we don't yeah, like just that. paying attention to uh smashing oh god it's, just, it's i right. can see it in my mind that's you need the a trash thing compactor. i could just see it let it go let it go you're asking the wrong questions yeah i am asking <laughs> which many comics do yeah and that brings us to our topic today yeah. 
This is titled, Ask This, Not This. And one of my first blog posts when I redid the website, I had the, resi- the website redone, yeah. uh, was all about questions that I used to ask myself that would drive me crazy, and I wasn't asking the right question. Okay. And as I got into it a little bit longer, I realized that if I'd asked the right question, all the things that would frustrate me that I see other comedians uh, uh, doing and breaks they're getting and those things, if I was asking the why behind the question, okay. I could learn from it and, and make some progress instead of being bitter. <laughs> and so any comic that's been in it more than 10 years and hasn't had the breaks they've wanted or yeah. expected, they're bitter. But they're not asking the right questions and they're not finding success uh, and they're not really working towards it. Yeah. You definitely see that when you go to some of the open mics and it's like, you know, oh, how long have you been doing it? Oh, 15 years and I'm angry. And it's just, it's, it's oozing off of them. It's an aura right. that you can just see. But you have to make a conscious decision to get that mindset swapped around. Yeah. I could easily be in that mindset. Yeah. Uh, there's people that started after me that got more successful than me. That's going to happen in every, sure. every job. Um, but if I can turn my focus on to helping other people, I have no bitterness, yeah. and I create a nice group of friends sure. that I get to see succeed. All boats rise with yeah. the high tide, right? Yeah. So the first question that comics ask sometimes that are kind of backwards, um, one, how come no one is hiring me or booking me for gigs? Gavin, have you thought <laughs> that? Yeah, I, uh, I was going to mention this to you. Um, here's the reasons why they're not hiring you. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, I think the comedian as an animal is so smart. And, and a lot of what you do is you sort of tear yourself apart to find things that are funny. And mm-hmm. that's what you present to people as your comedy. Well, the same muscle that like, it starts beating you down because you start asking yourself these questions. Why is nobody booking me? You know, why right. can't I get the gigs? That's, yes, that's well, swirling in there. Well, gigs and, and bookings are great goals to have. Yeah. But if you look at the comics that are getting booked and ask, what makes that comic bookable and more in demand than me? Then you can have a list of things to go out and accomplish right. to put yourself in their position. Okay. All right, for example, you know, when, I, when I was going through the comedy clubs, primarily in the 90s and the early 2000s, there would be all these hypnotists. Yeah. Every club had at least one or two or three hypnotists come through every quarter. Sure. And I was thinking, they're taking away valuable stage time from true professional comedians that right. maybe are more in a monologue sense comedians and they're not flashy and they're, just, they're definitely not hypnotizing people. Yeah. And they were great. There was guys that would draw a huge crowd. Well, that's why they're booking those guys. Yep. Uh, I don't, and I don't know if hypnotism is true or not. I've never been hypnotized. But if they can hypnotize anybody to do anything, it's to come back for the late show next time they're there and sell out the third show Saturday. And call friends. And yes. Because yeah. this, these shows were always sold out. So there was a few guys that I used to see. Um, Jay Medicine Hat was a guy who, mm-hmm. who was a stand-up who learned how to do hypnotism and had a huge following. Everywhere he would go, they would sell out. They would add an extra show Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes Sunday night, a second yeah. show. And so I would look at that and get angry, but what what was should I really have asked? What is he doing? He is selling tickets. How is he selling tickets? By being something different and unique. Right. Why does the club love to have him come back? He's not only selling tickets, he's kind of a rock and roll hypnotist. He's selling drinks. Yeah. He's got a party crowd. They're all smokers. The, the more you smoke, the more you drink right. because your your throat's on fire. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I used to have those situations. But so he was creating a niche for himself that was hot, that was different, 
and it brought people to the club. Right. So instead of me being angry at him, I should have been happy that he was keeping the club alive because that club would make four times as much money that one week sure. than they would the rest of the weeks. The weeks I was headlining, they weren't making a ton of money. Yeah. They were just they were still paper in the room trying to get people in. But when he was there, they were selling out. Sure. And that enabled that club to stick around so I could perform there. Right. So questions you need to ask when you see somebody's doing something that you really find irritating or you think they're taking away your stage time <laughs> find out what they're actually bringing to the table yeah and try to duplicate that in your own way yeah well and a lot of people you know i, I don't know if it's the hypnotism now but um sort of the recent uh thing of you know the, the redneck comedy and that kind of thing a lot of people you know it's like oh man he's just getting up there and doing like you know podunk redneck jokes and and he's getting paid and he's you know and it's like well he's bringing something and he's you know what I think it is, is relatability. You know he, that he's bringing to the stage to get people you know in and and that's a, something that you have to look at too. You know just like the hypnotism. You sure. Know, yeah. Why and what are they doing? Yeah, they're different styles on stage. How are they connecting with the audience? Yeah. Are they reaching a demographic the club doesn't get a lot of play from? Yeah. You know if it's the the country crowd or the urban crowd, if it's uh, I mean any type of group they're not bringing in enough right that has money when a comic comes in that can appeal to those crowds that's just a plus for the club yeah so definitely one thing you can think about when you get angry when other people are getting booked is what are they doing yeah and how are they creating that demand another thing that i know jay medicine hat used to do um he would record vhs tape record right the um all the shows so when people were hypnotized they were out of it and they could watch the vhs tape the next day oh, to so see what they did things, yeah and so he, I mean, he would stay up all night dubbing tapes off and those people could pick it up at the club the sure. next day, 20, 30 bucks a pop. So he was creating a return visit to the club. Right. And sometimes those people would pick up the VHS tape and like, okay, I'm going to bring back Tom because Tom needs to get hypnotized. Yeah, and they saw the tape and then, yeah. Yeah, so you see how he started to create a following. Yeah. So how can you as a comic, I'm going to give you takeaways at each one of these points. How can you as a comic create a demand for what you do? Right. Think about that. How can you create a demand for your comedy? What sets you apart from the other comics that play at the club? Okay. Lots of comics, to the general public, look and sound the same. Yeah. So find your unique thing that you can bring to it, and I'm sure you're going to find plenty of bookings as you go down the road. Yeah. All right. Uh, another question I hear, how come everybody else gets all the breaks? <laughs> And I've said that too. You know, you look yeah. at people like, what? How is that guy on TV? How is that gal doing her? <laughs> she got her own show. What is she doing? Yeah. Well, really find out. How did she get the break? Yeah. You know, have you seen somebody even in this short amount of time you've been focused on comedy where you're like, how are, you know, I mean, last comic standing? Did any of those comics jump out of you like, what? Yeah. Or did you see any, you know, there's contests all the time that go on and people win the contest where you're like, what? You know, see their comedy. Right, you can't believe, and you're like, I, I, I have this happen all the time. That is in my mind all the time. Why? Why them? Why not me? Like, right. you know, oh man, I could take such good uh, advantage of that opportunity if I was just given that little. Just gosh, they just got that little break, and then I could have made it so much bigger. And and, but all it does is just loop in my own head. You right. Know? Well, while you're paying attention to that loop, what you're not doing, yeah, is creating opportunities for yourself like these people. Yeah. You know. There's all kinds of, of stories. You know, I, I read something recently about, um, oh, the guy that does all the the movies. I'm, I'm good at blanking out of The names. guy. Okay, so <laughs> you know the guy the that does guy. all the movies. It's movies, all right? Um, so male movie people. Male movie. Uh, are, I'm trying to think of his name. Don't panic here. You're I'm just on the mic. I'm just relax. <laughs> uh, he does all, he dresses up. Uh, he's huge. Christian guy. 
uh, always dresses up like um, he's got different characters. Is this the Incredible Hulk? No, no, it's it's not. Uh, <laughs> I love this I'm game. Gonna, this yeah. is the best game ever. This Pick is, who who am I thinking of? Yeah, this is a horrible <laughs> yeah. game. I'm sorry. The um, I'm just trying to think of one of his movies titles. He, every year he's come, Tyler Perry. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Easy to remember Tyler Perry. How did I forget How that? How can you forget it? <laughs> okay. Some people I hear say, "Why has he got a movie come out? What's he doing? Right. How did this guy get a break?" Tyler Perry saved up all of his money when he's working a regular job yes. for an entire year to put on a show for six nights at a theater, mm-hmm. and nobody came but his friends and family, twenty or thirty people. Right. The next year, he did the same thing. Yeah. 20, 30 people. He did it several, I think he said four or five years in a row before finally Jeez. he got some traction. Yeah. Well, that's how. Oprah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Oprah. That's yeah, how, that's what that's, he got. Yeah. So that's one way you put on your own show, create your own breaks, yeah. stick with it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people can do something once. But for you to go out four or five times in a row and learn from that last experience and still not break through. But take that momentum and, and move it forward. And he was thinking outside of the box. I'm totally, not going to yeah. just wait until somebody recognizes my, I don't know, genius, you know. Right. And I'm not just going to sit back and think that. I'm going to think, what can I do now? And now is he started saving money. Right. And, and that's what he started, you know, developing a plan. and Absolutely. You know. And if you're a comic right now, and you're, here's, here's, here's a question for you, too, yeah. within the question. All right. What if you got your big break today? What if your big break walked up to the front steps and says, hey, we'd like to give you a half-hour comedy special. Yeah, okay. Do, do you I, have, I couldn't do, do it. You don't have a half-hour yet? Yeah, I don't have a half-hour. So why are you even worrying about somebody I can't, else? I can't get the uh, the milk jug humor into no. a half an hour's worth of anger. No, no. Right now, yeah. it's 30 minutes of talking it's, about the milk jug. You yeah. haven't found the angle yet. <laughs> right. So Stick with me. I'm working on my angles. Yeah, but put, yeah. think about it. Everybody out there listening, think about if somebody came to you today and said, we, we're going to give you a one-hour TV special. Yeah. Are you even prepared? A yeah. half hour. Right. Do you have a half hour of comedy that is unique to you, but broad enough appeal to the American TV watching audience sure. that people will tune in? Yeah. If you don't, start thinking about what steps you can take along the way to create that. Yeah. Because when the opportunity knocks, you want to be ready for it. So think about that. Don't be thinking about somebody else's success and how come they got it. Right. They did the work. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you're not, but I need you to think about if the doorbell rang today, Would you what are you ready? bringing to the table? Yeah. Think about your utmost goal, whether it's quitting your job, yep. whether it's having a TV show, radio program, whatever it might be. Are you actually even ready? Yeah. Would it take you a year to say, come back in a year, I'm not ready yeah. yet. <laughs> Condense that, set some goals, make it happen. Yep. So once again, people get the breaks because they create the breaks. It's very rare yeah. that somebody just overnight success. Sure. I mean, name one, I can't think of any. Gosh, yeah. All right. This is a question I hear all the time, and I get this from my own students, yeah. and I hear this everywhere else. I see it online in different Facebook groups. Man, where's a good open mic at? Yeah, I think I've asked that. Man, where's a good open mic at? This one over here starts at 10.30. Only comics right. come out to this one. Uh, it's, it never starts on time. The people don't laugh there at all. Where's the good open mics at? Yep. Why are you asking where the good ones are at? I agree. You need to go on stage any chance you get and get funnier. And if you can be strong at a bad open mic, and I'm not talking about lowering your quality of material to make people laugh or getting in the gutter. I'm talking about can you go in there with original material and rock it out right. at a bad one? Yeah. Then create your own open mic if you don't yes. like that. You'll find other places where they'll start booking you on, on shows that are 
an open mic feel, but they've booked four or five comics. Yeah. Like a local showcase. Well, yeah. I was gonna You'll say, get I invited to those. those. If you approach the, the poorly run open mic mm-hmm. or the poorly attended open mic as a professional, and you come in there as if it was a 300 people that paid to get mm-hmm. in, if that's your mental approach, you're going to step up your game every single time on stage. And the people seeing you work hard when you don't have to or when you think no one's looking, they're going to notice. Yeah. So are, is the comedy you're doing always representative of where you're trying to go? Right. And I think the other side of that is like you're asking for a good open mic and you want to – it's like you, – You're asking for an easy crowd and you're asking for a good open yeah. mic. Yeah, and, and that's what – Sorry, it's not out there. Like no, you it's, don't, you it's don't deserve of, it yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. You, I'm I not going to say you, that. You but hope, well, you you hope for it, you know, or, or you hope for an open crowd, you know. But it, it's it's not that. That's not the environment. It's you know the good crowd is later on when you've done the work. You, you get know? the good crowd when you've got the good material. Yeah, well, that, that's true. This yeah. is what happens. Okay. Yeah. People aren't going to pay to come see you. Think about a book. Do you read? Uh, so yes, I, I don't read much, <laughs> but. I'm not going to pay full price to read a book that only has one chapter and an outline. Right, yeah. When you're at open mics, when you're at the beginning level, that's typically what you've got. You've got it maybe a, maybe the first line of the paragraph mm-hmm. in the first chapter. You don't yeah. have a full book. So don't even worry about trying to get on the bookshelf in front of the nice paying customers right. that come through the bookstore. Develop your material. Yeah. Do you think, and here's a great thing. If you're not that good, no one noticed because it's a, it's 30 people that turned out or a bunch of comics. Yeah. When you fail in an environment like that, that's okay. You want to fail as much as you can. The, the, if you have nine jokes that fail and to find the one joke that works every week, yeah. you'll have 50 jokes at the end of the year. Yeah. If you're doing one-liners, that's a 15, 20-minute set that's going to rock. Right. So break it down into smaller bite-sized pieces and have a goal every time you hit the open mic. Yeah, and I think the other thing for people who are you know, maybe you haven't tried it yet or, or, or haven't even gone out to the open mics, start going out and, and check them out. See which ones you feel comfortable at. Go up, do your thing, regardless of whether you do well or poorly, go back. Just go back next time and like, don't let that one stop you or let it be a huge amount of time before, you know, the next one because you can't get any momentum. You can't. You've got to you know, hit, you've got to really keep going back. You really have to hit them every week. Yes. If you're going to be honest with yourself to try to reach a goal of, of yeah. becoming full time. Yep. You, here are opportunities right in your backyard. You might have to drive an hour. Yeah. You might have to drive a few hours to get to a couple of them over the course of the week. But you have to put in the time. Yeah. There, there's no shortcuts for stage time. Yeah. For writing material, we can teach you things to kind of help you not make writing mistakes. <laughs> but you have to be on stage a good amount of time to be able to operate it in your mind. Yes. You know, to, to, I wouldn't say put it on autopilot, but to put the performance level front and center along with your material yeah. takes time. Yeah. So don't worry about where the good open that's mics what are. That's what I'm, I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying yeah. to get in more. Well, you can. It's and, tough. And we've talked about it before. Start your own if you don't yeah. have one in your local town yeah. or one that starts too late. And I understand some people have families and they've got into stand-up comedy a little bit later. Yeah. And Divorce them. Sell your kids. Why well, sell those kids? Get a mic stand and some no and teach them how to it. teach them how to crush the yeah, garbage. Teach them how to run a run a sound sound booth and uh, and you'll be golden. Yeah. So don't worry about the good open mics. Go to all the open mics you can and get your experience as much as possible. All right. Here, this one, man. I wonder who can hook me up with a gig. What comics yeah, can on. hook me up with a gig? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go see that comic because they got a gig. They can probably bring me along. Okay. 
sweep you into their success basically right but the thing is you're trying to get something from somebody that you may not know yeah and i see this all the time and we've talked about it on previous podcasts you haven't even introduced yourself to that person or brought anything to the table for Mm -hmm. them so this is i wouldn't say a pet peeve but it's something that's so crystal clear to me that i see people stumbling around all the time is you can't ask a favor of a stranger yeah that almost never works almost never works if you ask a favor of somebody who you've done a favor for yeah it's going to be 10 times more likely they're going to reciprocate so okay so let's just break that down a second what would let's say you have uh you're hanging out the open mic nights you see maybe a pro comic or somebody who's in there doing you know just trying out a couple jokes you're there you're you know newish you've got some material you might be able to do a you know opener spot for them somewhere and you're thinking maybe i need to go talk to this person what what would you say what would like the words that you know Here's hi what, I what can do. i do for you is not you I know would, okay let's, let's say we're at a comedy club yeah let's, let's say, just say that right now let's say you're at a comedy <laughs> club and you're and you're watching sinbad on stage yeah let's just send yeah. he was just here through town so and you would like to meet sinbad or or learn from him right okay i would pull up sinbad's website uh-huh. first and look and see if there's anything that you notice. Maybe you've got some graphic design skills. Okay. Maybe you've got uh, any kind of HTML experience. Yeah. You know, and he's probably got people that does his website, I'm sure, if he's got one. But look for something that you can bring to the table. You know, somebody once told me, hey, your your PowerPoint, like sometimes I do these speeches, right? Yeah. And they said, man, your PowerPoint is, your slides look horrible. It looks like uh, you put them together. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did put them together. Yeah. I didn't know you could Thank farm you. that stuff out. Yeah. And he said, you know, would you mind if I just went in there and tinkered with it a little bit and see if I can make it look stronger? Yeah. He did that, and it made everything that I said on on stage on the platform, giving this speech, seem more relevant and more respectable and more right. believable. All these things because my my PowerPoint slide deck looked awesome. Right. And so it just reinforced that I was a professional yeah. speaker. So look for things that you can do for other comics. Maybe they don't, let's, let's just say it's in your own town. It's not Sinbad. It's somebody that's maybe a year or two ahead yeah, of you. And you don't have HTML experience. So. Yeah. Well, look at, you know, maybe they're selling CDs after the show. Oh, yeah. Why don't you help them sell the CDs? Build a relationship. So you just send them a little message and it's like, hey, if you need any help on, you yeah. know, Friday and Saturday night running your merch booth or yeah. something, Cause, I'm listen, available. Most comics myself included when i'm selling merch i'd rather talk to the people yes. that come to the merch table let somebody else handle the money yeah i don't want to be the merchant i'm still the right. comedian i want to have a, a 30 60 second 90 second relationship with that person yeah. find out a little about them and build that bond that creates a fan let somebody else be the person that took their money sure yeah or that they gave their money to yeah little things like that just setting up your t-shirts and cds for you right sometimes i'd be doing a show when i was headlining they boom, release the show as soon as I walked off stage and I had to rush to my merch table yeah. and set it up. Sometimes other comics or open micers in that town said, man, can I set your merch table up for you so you don't have to worry about it? And they would set it up so I could casually walk through the showroom, not look like I'm an sure, idiot chasing yeah. $10. <laughs> you know, if somebody's got, gets to, if you get somebody's business card and it looks horrible, right? ask if you can help them fix it up. Yeah. Wh- whatever skills you have, uh, offer those to somebody and then maybe down the road, yeah. and do it with no strings attached first. Yes, that don't is, even don't even worry about you sort of yeah you sort of assumed that but that is so key right just say like hey I'm just doing it to help out and you know uh, we can talk later or whatever. yeah yeah, yeah D- don't know. hold that over their head hey I fixed no. your business card you owe right. me some time yeah 
but look for things you can do from your skill set and then maybe those people will hook you up with some gigs. Yeah. And again, are you ready for the opportunity if they hook you up? Yeah. Right? Make sure. Uh, I hear this one. It's It kind of rolls in with blaming the crowd. Uh, why don't people get my jokes? I'm, I must be too smart. I'm too clever. The room is dumb. Yeah. I'm over their heads. Too hip for the room. Actually, you're just not focusing on the crowd and connecting with them. Right. It's not that they don't get your jokes. You didn't bring jokes for them. Okay. This is a huge, huge thing. And we talk about ways you can kind of shortcut and get ahead. Write jokes that you can actually tell that crowds will relate to. There's no, no, it's okay if you're a great writer and you want to show people how smart you are. But the average person that comes to see a comedy show wants to be entertained. It's, yeah, especially if, uh, yes, entertained, but especially if they're not, if you don't have a specific audience yet that's coming to see you. If you're just going in generally, yeah, you gotta be pretty broad. You need to be broad, but you put your unique spin on everything. Yes, yeah. And that separates you. But you need to have topics that are accessible, yeah. that are appropriate, <laughs> that, and you need to have the material. That It yeah. needs to be structured, like a setup, punch, tag. Mm-hmm. You need to have all those critical elements in there. I see lots of comics that will throw out stuff and just use sarcasm. Man, it's, Titans are going to be good this year. Yeah. And expect to laugh. There's no punchline. There's no... It's, it's just a totally a, different thing. That that could be an entire it's podcast. It's a conflicting premise. It's nothing on, else. Yes. And yeah. we, we, we can talk about that at some point. But sarcasm is not, it's not a structure. It's not a joke. It's a style really. of delivery. Yeah. So it could maybe your, be a tag, but that's about it, you know. Well, I mean, it, it is—it's a tone, yeah, and it's a style, but it's not a technique, right? It is not a writing technique, yeah. So it's something that you know, if all of your jokes are delivered with that, occasionally you'll bump into a crowd that is full of those people who love sarcasm, right? But nine times out of ten, you probably aren't, yeah. And if you went up after joke after comics that had jokes, set up punch tag. You need to kind of work within that system. Yeah. I mean, or else you're going to stand out and look like an idiot. Now, is that a, I mean, I guess that would be a skill as well. Like, you know, you could have a, a style of joke that you have, you know, and then the person before you, they're sort of setting up the crowd in a certain way. So then would you adjust a little bit of what you do? Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, and terminology you know I mean? wise, it's not a style of joke, it's a technique in your punchline. Okay. So you're getting a laugh with a specific technique. And yes, sometimes if the comics before you use that techniques a lot, mm-hmm. then you do need to switch up. Like, okay. you know, almost all jokes have a misdirection aspect to it. Sure. Where you start down one path and then curve. And those are embedded in almost everything that's funny. Some comics, that's the only technique they use. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, of the other 19, 20 techniques are not really accessing those, accessing those. They're, they're not accessing. <laughs> my accent got in the way of my I access. I really did. <laughs> so, I went up. I used to have an opening joke that was just straight ahead misdirection. Yeah, it was just like boom. And the comic before me did thirty minutes of the exact same technique. Okay. And after the first two nights, I'm like, I need to open up with something different, just because they're over. It wasn't hitting. Yeah, and even towards the end of his set, after twenty minutes, they kind of got it. Yeah. And so they didn't want to hear more of it. Right. So it's something to be aware of. But when it comes to consistently not getting the laughs that you're looking for, it's not that the crowd isn't smart they're not getting your jokes it's probably your jokes yeah and so go back and look at the structure of those jokes and see if they have the elements of a joke okay. the setup punchline and the tag cool so if you don't have those it's gonna be hard for anybody yeah so those again are the questions we'll just recap really quick in case just i know some people actually take notes which is kind of yeah. crazy that's awesome but, but it's great don't ask uh 
how come no one has hired me or booked it for my gigs? Ask what makes that comic bookable and in demand. Don't ask why does everyone else get all the breaks. Yeah. Ask do I work hard when no one's even looking? Yeah. Don't ask where are the good open mics. Instead, ask yourself, am I willing to dedicate three to five years of hitting any open mics on any stage to get this thing going? Yeah. All right. Don't ask, what comics can hook me up with gigs? Ask, what can I offer an established comedian in return for some of their time to discuss comedy or just experience or maybe eventually gigs? But do it with no strings attached. And don't ask, why don't people get my jokes? (laughs) Ask, how can I rewrite this joke to make it work more consistently? Yeah. I hope that helps you guys out there listening. We covered quite a few things there, but I, yeah. I even when I read this, there's some things that I always need to work on too. Yeah. So I hope you found a few points you could take away from this and have some homework for the next week until we talk again here. <sighs> the next on the week, podcast. the next few years, the next. <laughs> it's an ongoing. It's a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. Yeah. But if you if you seriously love doing comedy and you want to make it your dream job, or you're just a dabbler and you want to get better at it, yeah, take at least one of these five little points here today. And spend some time the next week working on it and seeing how you can apply that to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I hope you guys had a good time. Again, leave us an iTunes review if you can and take a screenshot yes, of that. please. Shoot it over to me and I'll send you something cool as in an email gift as a PDF for you. Yeah. Other than that, we got to get going. Yeah. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Gavin. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.